A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Stay tuned for readings from social media and other spoken word projects. Join me right now. I'm your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks very much for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. We'll have your words from social media and much, much more right after this word from audible.com. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zania. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind. Its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists, each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to Tom Read Your Story. If you are returning, it's a great idea. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're glad to have you. So, it is really, really hot in New York. And I'm betting if you're from somewhere else, you're hot over there because <laughs> it's hot everywhere in America. Well, maybe not in Alaska, but... Uh, I took a walk today, and man, oh man, I couldn't stay out for very long at all. I had to get back home. It was like, it's just way too hot to do anything. So I hope you're keeping cool wherever you are. So today, we have a title 
that I haven't, uh, I don't think I've uh, uh, worked on before or a subject that I haven't worked on before or at least, you know, very much. It's called Bullies, Gambling, and Guns. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, more stuff about the mafia. No, <laughs> it's not. That's not what we're doing today. Today, I wanted the serious title like that to bring attention to the subject of each word. Now, when I say bullies or bullying, it's not necessarily about bullying other people. It's about bullying yourself. And that's what Amy, who provided this post from Facebook, is talking about how we bully ourselves, and, well, you'll have to listen to her talk more about it. The, um, the next one we have after that is called, what is that? Casino Regret. And that's about gambling and how it takes advantage. Big, bad corporate America, this time, takes advantage of the working poor or just yeah just anybody really because it it's really about the glitz and glamour of of gambling and how people waste so much money doing this that's by buck and uh he's been providing a few things lately very consistently he's a good writer and Buck, speaking of Buck, he just provided his book that he wrote about his career, about his life mostly, uh, called Getting Getting There. Or is it Getting Here? I haven't started it yet because I've been very busy. Um, but it's... Um, it's a book about about Buck, and if you're if you know who I'm talking about, I try not to use last names on the show, but I think you know who I'm talking about. He's someone uh, who's worked in West Michigan for many years. He's retired now, and uh, I'm very happy to always read his posts of Facebook uh, every day. Almost, he uh, writes some very good things. So that's about gambling that he wrote. Um, and the last one is about guns and about gun ownership and about the ridiculousness of owning a machine gun, an M16 or whatever automatic weapon people just insist on wearing around their neck <laughs> and how it's gotten so ridiculous in America that we're just sort of used to it. And that is, of course, uh, the bottom line on guns. And I'm not sure who wrote that, but I think that's a group. Uh, maybe Occupy Democrats? That might be it. But let's start today with Stop Bullying Yourself. Don't Bully Yourself by Amy. This story made me so emotional. This human of New York talks about how he makes fun of himself as a way to protect himself, and I get that 100%. 
from Humans of New York. I don't blame the girls, not at all. I get it, I get it. But I've always wanted a wife and kids. And as I get older, it starts to get more real. I've never had a girlfriend. I've always been the funny, fat friend. It's the one thing I'm good at, making people laugh. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Somebody is having a great time, and it's because of me. I've always lived for that feeling, in elementary school, in middle school. But as I get older, something got twisted. All my jokes became about myself. When it was time to eat the cake at a birthday party, I joke about the size of my slice. When it was time to jump in the pool, I joke about taking off my shirt. I'd say, the moon is coming out. And it always got a laugh, which felt good, but it kind of sucks. Because I don't think I've ever taken off my shirt without making a comment. It's my way of protecting myself. Like, no, asshole, you can't make fun of me because I beat you to it. But I think it might have fucked me up. All those jokes, all those years, because it made everyone look at me as the fat guy. It made me look at myself as the fat guy. My Twitter handle is Fatrick Ewing. My bio says Fat White Guy with Glasses. It sort of became my identity. I'm just a fat, funny idiot. That's what I think about myself. And I feel like that's what everyone else is thinking too. Every time I'm in a waiting room and the seat's a little too small. Or when I walk into CVS. My anxiety gets so bad, I can barely talk to the person behind the register. My therapist tells me, you're a good guy. You're nice. Who cares? And she's right. I get it. But I also think if I wasn't fat, I'd probably have a girlfriend. But I'm trying to love myself more. Every day, I'm working on it. I make deliveries for my job. And let's say I leave my scanner in the car. My mind is immediately going to say, you're a fat asshole. But I'm trying to stop myself. I'm trying to say, no, you're not. You just forgot. People forget. I'm trying to get back to Luke again. The nice, funny dude. Who loves his friends. And his family. Not Luke the fat guy. Just Luke. Before he decided to bully himself. Casino Regret by Buck Okay, I've been sitting on this since January, but Father's Day seems an appropriate time to bring this up. And this is meant for the daddies out there, but the non-daddies are free to chime in. The subject for today is online gambling. Hear those clicks? This convenient new way to take food out of the mouths of babies and force wives to wear rags was not instituted by the Pleasant Peninsula to make your life more fun or help you hit the big one. Its sole purpose is to put money in the bank of state, estimated to be $1 billion this year alone. That's 1 billion simoleons for those who are numerically challenged. If you haven't caught on by now, you really need to pay attention to the breadcrumbs and rose petals those TV spots are sprinkling in your path. 
They'll match up to $1,000 of your first deposit, plus give you $25 on the house. What's that supposed to mean? You can bet all weekend, risk-free. Really? What risk are they talking about? You won't hurt yourself falling off the couch when you realize the retirement fund is gone. If you lose, we'll refund up to $1,000. How many thousands are up in smoke before that little bonbon is back in your account? Smaller bets so your money will last longer. Which translates to, we're going to get all you have, but we're humane enough to let you take a little longer to lose it. The average age of the male online gambler is just under 46. Exactly the age when you should be the most dedicated to financial security for your family. I love this state, and I am four square in support of our governor, but that's one piece of legislation I wish she dropped into her wastebasket. The fact that the bill included an increase in funding for the gambling crisis hotline in no way mitigates the damage that's being done. So far this year, calls for help have doubled. You want to have a happy Father's Day? Quit feeding the oligarchs who are rolling in your money. Gambling is, of course, about winning and losing. You lose, they win. What's the fun in that? The Bottom Line on Guns from Occupy Democrats. Here, here, 45 years ago, I was asked by the United States of America to fight for freedom in Vietnam. I was given an assault rifle that was designed to fire 20 bullets every three seconds, 400 bullets per minute with a large enough clip, to kill as many of the enemy as possible in a shortest period of time. Let's be real. This type of destruction has no place in our peacetime civilized society. Please be honest. Ask yourself if you have the right to carry rocket-propelled grenades, RPGs, or an M60 machine gun. Of course not. Someone please tell me why you should be allowed to own an assault rifle. Please don't embarrass yourself by saying that it's your right to bear arms or you need it for hunting. Listen, I'm not professing to take our guns away. I am just saying that we need to have some sanity to the argument. In today's world, we will always be confronted with emotionally disturbed people, terrorists, and criminals. Let's just agree that we need to make it difficult to arm them with weapons designed to achieve mass slaughter of large numbers of human beings. The bottom line is that there is no reason why weapons of mass destruction of any sort, chemical weapons, biological weapons, RPGs, improvised explosive devices, missiles, dirty bombs, nuclear devices or assault weapons should be easily accessible. For 10 years, there was a ban on the production, ownership, and use of assault weapons in the United States until Congress and the Bush administration allowed it to lapse when its sunset came up for the reauthorization in 2004. Can our elected officials be counted on to reinstate the assault weapons ban? Or does the bloodstain of man's inhumanity to man live within all of us. As an addendum to this very good post, uh, I think, is something I just found on 
YouTube in regards to some research that HuffPost did. I think you'll like this. As a national crime reporter, I write the same story at least once a week, sometimes every day. Often I will be flying back from one shooting only to be turned around and fly to another shooting. This has happened several times in my seven years here at HuffPost. Gun violence is, is such an issue that we have a hard time deciding which ones to cover. Priya, how long do you think it took our colleague Andy to buy an AR-15 in Orlando immediately following the Pulse nightclub shooting? Zero time? <laughs> I don't know. How fast was it? During a state of emergency, I bought an AR-15 in about 38 minutes. 38 minutes? I thought it would be faster. The only reason it took 38 minutes and not less time is because there was such a backup of people buying guns. The irony of mass shootings is that for the gun industry, they're actually good for business. The only way to keep civilians in America continually engaged in buying ever more guns is by encouraging this fear that they're about to lose the right to buy guns. Hillary wants to abolish, essentially abolish, the Second Amendment. There's a sort of spate of panic buying. Their goal is to eliminate the Second Amendment. Every time there's a mass shooting, Americans donate to the NRA. We're here. We're not going anywhere. And they buy AR-15s en masse to stop a bad guy with a gun, it takes a good guy with a gun. And in turn, a vicious cycle continues. Some very thought-provoking items today. I'm Tom Read Your Story. I'd like to thank you for coming around because that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Read Your Story. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends because we're always looking for new ones. Be sure to email me at tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, anchor.fm, for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, Stay safe, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.